0: Do you remember the Survivor Series like it only happened about six days ago? Because WWE definitely hasn't. We really have to stop doing this every single year. All like, oh my gosh, brand versus brand. People love Raw. People love SmackDown. And then you get to the next show... Nobody gives a damn flub So let's not worry about that Because literally nobody else is And hello, my name is Simon Miller Welcome to Saturday If you are watching this on day one And ups and downs for the latest edition of Smackerdown You know what we do We review it That's what it is With a fancy ass name Let's up those downs Well, Brock Lesnar is headed back to WWE. I'm sure this is far sooner than anybody expected, but Kayla Braxton was in the ring to kick off SmackDown and she just went, suspension is over, bro. So he's coming back next week. She shouldn't have done that, though, because I can only presume that backstage, Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman were literally standing there with their finger over the play entrance music button because as soon as they heard this, kind bing, there was Roman Reigns' music and out he came. Heyman quickly dismissed all of this as Kayla just being a bad journalist, whereas Roman wanted to tell us, that rumors are for losers. Now, that is going to be a very hard campaign to get off the ground, Mr. Head of the Table. But I'm sure we can work something out like don't do drugs, rumors are for losers, and ice cream is delicious. This thing got kind of odd because Range reminded us that not only had he smashed Brock Lesnar halfway around the world, but he had smashed Big E at Survivor Series, and maybe sooner rather than later... He wouldn't be doing this anymore, so the fans better acknowledge him. Now, I'm sure this was done ironically to start some rumors. Don't forget what he was just talking about. But thinking about what he did just say, eventually somebody soon should beat Roman Reigns. Because, like, it's only good having a bad guy as your champion if deep down in your tum-tum, you know sooner or later he's going to lose. So this was your standard stuff, and I guess we teased Brock Lesnar. And that last line certainly made me go, well, what is he talking about there? So I'll give it an up but it is a much weaker up than usual. Drew McIntyre and Jeff Hardy were then taking on Madcap, Moss and Happy Corbin. So at least WWE did remember what they did last week. Up. Drew and Jeff were having a whale of a time as well until Madcap grabbed Jeff Hardy and threw him over the barricade. And there it is again. We are now talking about this every single week. This poor barricade. Its whole job is just to sort of serve as some kind of protection between the fans and the wrestlers. And now it is a weapon. If I was a barricade, I would sue. And no, I don't know what I'm talking about either. This didn't mean that Hardy was hurt. So away the bad guys went with all their offense. But you know what was going to happen here. It's a tag team match in WWE. We built to the hot tag to Drew McIntyre. He went absolutely crazy. And he was throwing Happy Corbin around the place. But because Mad Cat Moss caused a distraction, Happy Corbin then hit the deep six. Got a pretty good near four. From there, it did kind of just end, though, because Madcap got back in the ring. He got claymored. Jeff Hardy, very thankfully, was back up to his feet. So he hit the Swamp Tom, and he actually did connect with it. He got the one, two, three, and that was it. But the fans loved it. They enjoyed it. Jeff Hardy is crazy over as ever. It's nice to see the heroes get the victory. I had a good time. I do think that eventually Mad Cat Boss and Happy Corbin should start getting some wins though. Because they do have something here. Like their act is completely unique and completely different from everything else on the show. So I've thrown it out there into the ether now. We shall see if it comes back. And smack me right in the face. Aaliyah was then talking to Kayla Braxton in the back. When Paul Heyman snuck up and said, Hey Kayla, unless you can prove that Brock is indeed coming back to the WWE before the end of the show. You're going to be fired. Now, I think Paul Heyman has that kind of powers, but these were the planted seeds for the evening. Cesaro then defeated Ridge Holland. I mean, what the hell is happening? It's one of those situations where WWE switches their booking on a dime. And you're like, I don't understand why we did that. Because Cesaro never wins, like he literally always loses. And Rich Holland is their brand new superstar, who also happens to be in love with Sheamus. And don't get me wrong, I didn't overly mind this. But when you did take it and mix it in with the fact that it only went two minutes... Well, sigh. It was also just classic WWE because they knew that Ridge was going to lose. So they said, hey, you just beat up on the Swiss Superman for around about 170 seconds. And then from nowhere, he can hit the most devastating move in all the sports entertainment surprise roll up and get the one, two, three. And this is quite exactly what happened it also meant the wind didn't mean anything because we didn't move the story forward at all so it does get a down although i will level with you i was cracking up here because ridge holland came out to sheamus's music i mean at this point we may as well call him Ridgemus. and that sounds a little bit like christmas once again i don't know how we got here sheamus was also on commentary throughout all of this so i don't really see why he didn't get involved this whole relationship is just a little bit freaky deaky and is getting it down. Drew McIntyre then asked Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce he could be in the Black Friday Battle Royal because yes, indeedy, that was gonna be our main event for the evening and the winner was gonna get a universal title shot. And probably, I don't know, 50% off at wweshop.com. And it was then a Thanksgiving leftovers throwdown. Now, don't start hitting your computer or throwing your phone into the floor going, well, this thing is busted, because no way did those words come out of Simon's mouth. But they did. It was a Thanksgiving Throwdown, showdown, or words to that effect. And it just felt like the powers that be were absolutely livid that Thanksgiving hadn't landed on the same day as one of their shows. So they just thought and thought and thought and came up with this. And look, I like goofiness and I like ridiculousness, but this was just super duper lame. Again, wasn't the real issue here either because it only went three minutes And really, it didn't feature much of Thanksgiving anything. Like, there was a Thanksgiving table with a bunch of stuff on it and eventually a ham got involved. But I thought there was going to be mashed potato and sweet potatoes and everything like this. But no, it was just a goofy, goofy name slapped onto something because it just so happened to be Thanksgiving. And there was a distraction here as well because Shinsuke Nakamura just threw Humberto through a table and that made everyone go ah! But actually, it screwed over Shinsuke's friend. Because Rick Boogs, who was also in this match, he He just walked into the wing clipper, he was fighting Angel Angel got the 1 2 3, and I haven't described any of that well at all, but that's because half the time I was sat there completely perplexed as to what I was seeing. So we also had to bring down the board. It rolls up to 123, or 1 2 3, as easy as ABC, or one big fat down. Some more teasing that Brock is on his way back to the WWE next, although this was about Adam Pearce, who looked absolutely terrified, probably because he knows if it does go down, Lesnar's going to eat him. But isn't he meant to be the general manager? Doesn't he have some say? Can't he just go, no, this isn't happening. Apparently it's going to happen. Also, if you're wondering if anybody explained why an indefinite suspension is no longer indefinite, of course, you didn't get an answer. Shut up. This also led to Charlotte Flair walking to the ring. She wasn't happy. Naturally, she just emoji shrugged when it came to the Survivor Series because we're trying to forget about that. Although she did put the blame entirely on the referee's shoulders because he did miss Becky Lynch breaking the rules. So, yes, she's technically right. Soon after, Tony Storm interrupted and she challenged Charlotte Flair as she had been doing. And after the Queen had gone, man, I don't even know who you are, Tony Storm. You suck. They started to fight. However, because there was some... Thanksgiving pies on a table, Charlotte took the pie and she threw it into Tony Storm's face. And of course, Tony was livid about this because in the real world, if somebody threw a pie in your face, you'd be like, "Ah, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> Although that last bit didn't happen because instead, Tony Storm just stood there like she had no idea what was going on. I mean, I think she turned off. I think that's what happened. Somebody actually triggered her on-off switch into the off position because then Charlotte got another pie. She threw that into her face. And once again, Storm just stood there like she thought Charlotte Flair was a dinosaur. And therefore, if she didn't move, it wouldn't happen again. So there was absolutely no reaction and Tony kind of looked like she was going to cry. So one, this was exactly the same thing we had done on Raw with Liv Morgan. And also two, I think this is what WWE thinks makes a good female baby face. And I have one word for you, World Wrestling Entertainment. No, just let them kick ass like anybody would, like I say, in the real world. Somebody piled in here right now and pie-faced me, I wouldn't just go and stand still. I would start throwing bones And I don't understand why it didn't happen here. That was the end of all of this too. And if I genuinely thought Tony Storm was going to beat Charlotte Flair for the title, I'd be like, okay, well, it doesn't really matter but she will not do that. So she just going to be some pie face fool. That's why gonna down. Sasha Banks is now officially just a baby face too. I mean, I don't know why she just is. And if you don't like it, once again, shut up. But she was yelling at Sonya Deville here saying, oh my gosh, I was the captain of the Survivor Series team. And if you had let me pick my own members, we wouldn't have lost. Also, what is the deal with Naomi? You got to calm down. Deville then shouted back, I don't have a problem with Naomi, which is like you meet, up with a friend and going hello buddy how are you and them going oh, i didn't kill that guy you're gonna be like i think you may have murdered someone and then for some reason sonya went later on it's going to be sasha banks and naomi taking on natalia and Sonia deville and no i don't know why those latter two are now a team every single week but they just are we then had another cool zia lee video and i hope she makes it to smackdown quicker than veer is making his way to raw and then it was this tag team match and it was the usual stuff with a little bit of a twist. I had entertained by it. Up Sonya was on commentary to protest their innocence the whole time, which is like me telling you I'm not bald. It's a camera trick. And yeah, you know the deal, as we've already talked about when it comes to WWE tag team matches. Somebody gets beaten up, in this case, Naomi. They get the hot tag, in this case, the Sasha Banks. And she runs wild. But here, even though she was trying to get this most warm of slaps, she wasn't able to. And it kind of looked like Shayna Baszler and Talia was going to win. As it turned out, though, it actually didn't matter because Shayna Baszler and Sasha Banks got into it on the outside. And then back in the ring, Naomi scored with a sunset flip she got the one, two, three. They also got into Ville's face afterwards, who just stood there clapping like a seal. But what I liked about this most is that it painted Naomi like a real warrior, like somebody you would actually get behind. Because even though she wasn't able to make the tag, she was still able to win. Now compare that with somebody having pies thrown in their face and doing nothing about it. And I do admit that we do need to get to the Naomi vs. Sonya Deville match sooner rather than later, but at least WWE hasn't dropped this storyline out of nowhere, which they do like to do a lot. Drew McIntyre was then not in the battle royal. I don't know, but a list of competitors had been pinned on the wall, like this was a Little League baseball game, and when Shoma saw it, he turned to Drew and went, ha 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 ha, you're not in it. And mcintyre looked like he was actually about to rip his heart out like he was kano from mortal Kombat. so that was kind of weird as was this battle royal because do not forget we had done another battle royal as survivor series where nothing was on the line so why didn't we put this stipulation in there that would have been so much better too because you could have had some of the raw guys and some of the smackdown guys and there would have actually have been stakes We ain't allowed nice things. I was properly shocked by this though, because while I am now terrified about what's going to happen to him next week, the winner of this thing, was actually Sami Zayn. Now, I suppose that wasn't a huge surprise because I do have the entirety of the field here. And it was the Viking Raiders, Jinder Mahal, Ricochet, Drew Gulak, Mansoor Mace, Angel, Humberto, Shanky, Jeff Hardy, Rick Boog, Cesario, Happy Corbin, Madcap, Hot, Rich, Holland, and Sheamus. But still, the look on my face when Sami Zayn win was like this. Because it just never happens. And I think the only real misstep here is that it probably should have been Jeff Hardy in this position. Because he did technically win the thing. And we'll talk about that for one second. And as ever, everyone just went crazy. Because everyone loves as Hardy. And also, if you did do Jeff Hardy versus Roman Reigns. And Jeff became the Universal Champion. I promise you, there'd be a few people going, Because some people always moan. But on the majority... I think everybody would be fine with this. There was also some nonsense with Drew at the start who just came in the ring and he was all like, oh man, I'm so angry, I'm not going to leave. To the point Adam Pearce also arrived and said, Drew, you better leave. And do you want know what happens here? Even though McIntyre promised he would not exit until he got in the match. We went to the commercial, we came back from the commercial and Drew McIntyre was just gone. And did anybody address this? No. So maybe they gave him some sweets. Maybe they put a bag of Skittles out their pocket and they were like, oh, Drew. And Drew was like, oh, Skittles. So they kind of tempted him to the back. But I'm sorry, you cannot get away with that. Down. Down. I mean, what a waste of time. The final three as well was Sheamus, Happy Corbin, and Jeff Hardy. And even though Sheamus and Happy Corbin pretended to work together, of course, Happy Corbin turned on Sheamus almost instantly and chucked him over the top rope. And I enjoyed that because it suits his character. And then, yes, Jeff Hardy got rid of him and he was the winner. And everyone was going, oh, my gosh, it's the best thing ever. I can't believe it. However, earlier on in the match, Sami Zayn had been thrown out of the middle rope. So he snuck back in. He pulled a Shawn Michaels. He pushed Jeff Hardy off the top rope and he is actually now, if you can believe it, your number one contender. And again, this shocked me so much in a wonderful way. I am giving it up. What we do have to talk about is the fact that as ever, the commentators act in a way that we the fans don't act because for some reason we have more information than them. Like I saw Sammy get thrown out through the second rope. So I was like, well, okay, he hasn't been eliminated. But Michael Cole and Pat McAfee are just like, oh my gosh, no, where did this come from? And we have to stop doing that because it just makes them seem really, really dumb. We then ignored this victory straight away because even though Kayla Braxton was going to interview Sami Zayn, she went, oh, no, someone magical is talking into my ear. And I have just learned that Brock Lesnar is officially coming back to SmackDown next week. So who the hell was feeding her this information? Because it wasn't Anna Pierce and it wasn't Sonya Deville. Maybe it was the wizard in the sky. So I did have this wrong because I presume we do Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn and Roman would just kill him. But instead, Lesnar is going to do that instead. I mean, he's probably going to rip the hair right out of Sami Zayn's face. This brought us to the end of SmackDown 2 and it's kind of becoming clear that WWE doesn't have a concurrent plan for the blue brand and now it's starting to cause an issue because you can see a mile away that Drew McIntyre was meant to be in this spot but then clearly WWE have got worried about ratings or whatever so they've gone, oh my gosh, put the panic Brock Lesnar button. So now he is returning And it's just a bit of the mess. And there is good things here, but really, you should have an end game for this Roman Reigns thing. And I don't think that we do, unless it's Thanos, but it's not. So unfortunately, it's got to get it down. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President.